Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day. How's Victory doing today, 11 a.m.? It's good to see you guys. So thankful for all the moms in the room, physical moms and spiritual moms. Come on, everybody. And also those who are watching us online. And I want to just say to my mom, Mom, I love you. Couldn't have done it without you. Wouldn't be here today. I love you, Mom. And uh, we pray that every mom here feels just special, specially loved and honored today. Come on. Now, listen, moms, you get a day, but you deserve a week. Hello. All right. All the men are like, shut up, Pastor Chris. No, seriously, you deserve a full week of, I'm going to name a few things, of sleeping in. Come on. Constant pampering. At least one massage a day wherever you need it. All right? Uh, several cooked meals that you did not personally prepare. And a super clean house, at least for a week. <laughs> but yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And now you're just elbowing the, the guy next to you. Oh, my gosh. Hey, I just, we're just so thankful for everybody, every mom here. You guys are amazing. Can we give it up one more time? All of our moms love you guys. You're amazing. Amazing. You know what? And I love being in a church where we celebrate and honor people. You know, you can be in a place where they tolerate people or you can be in a place where they celebrate people. First and foremost, we celebrate King Jesus. Amen. And we ought to honor, always honor him. He is the guest of honor. Amen. Last week, we celebrated a bunch of teachers, and we blessed their socks off. Today, celebrating moms. Next Sunday, celebrating graduates. May is a month of celebration. Come on, can we celebrate everybody real quick? Thank you, Lord. Awesome, awesome. Love celebrating people. Uh, the Bible actually tells us to do that. So if you're just joining us today, my name's Chris, and I'm blessed to bring the word to you today. We've been on this journey since the end of January, doing a line-by-line, verse-by-verse study of what the world calls is the greatest sermon ever. We, we just know everything Jesus said was the greatest ever, right? And it's the Sermon on the Mount in front of thousands with some Gentiles sprinkled in there. He was speaking to people this radical message with grace and truth which is found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And presently, as Pastor Courtney said earlier, we're in the message series called Love Over Lust. Today is part four, if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do so. I believe the Holy Spirit might share some things with you today as we go there. And the title of my message, if you're taking notes again, is A Letter to My Sisters. A Letter to My Sisters. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. You are worthy of it all. We welcome you now just to come a little closer. We silence the noise of the distractions of life so that we can hear from you. And Lord, so you can speak through me. So Holy, Holy Spirit, help me speak. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter five, looking down at verse 31. And before I read uh, these few verses here, I wanna just preface this, what we're about to read together. Because uh, when I realized what this scripture was on this special day, I just thought we personally missed it as a church. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what? What? And you're going to understand just a moment as we go there together. And, but the Lord reminded me a couple things as I've been preparing for this message that number one, um, we're not going to skip any verses. Number two, 
that we have been praying and planning this whole series out months and months ago. What, actually, last year we planned this out, and God knows what he's doing. And number three, the Lord said, actually, Chris, this is the perfect Mother's Day message for every woman in the room and also for everybody in the room. So let's look at it together, Matthew chapter five. Look down there with me if you can, if you don't have your Bible on the screens. He says this, Matthew chapter five, verse 31. It has been said, so Jesus is quoting not one of the 10 commandments, but he's quoting one of the many laws that are in Deuteronomy. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. So he's quoting again what they were used to. But the one who wrote the law is trumping it once again. Look what he says right here. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Divorce on Mother's Day. (laughs) What in the world? (laughs) And honestly, if I'm being really transparent with you, which I feel like I'm a pretty transparent guy, that's what I was honestly asking a couple weeks ago. Are we really gonna talk about this as we were meeting together as campus pastors? And I was thinking, clearly victory has missed it this time. But then I started thinking, literally, like, honestly, I made it real personal about me. What preacher in his right mind would talk about this on Mother's Day? But then the Lord really started putting his finger on some things with me personally. And we have to pause and ask ourselves some questions here. Because listen, God has not called us to be a people who just read the word. He wants the word to read us. God has not called us to be a people who just read the word and just, we, you know, we go on our day. Actually, we need to meditate on the word. We need to be students of the word of God, amen? We, if we're gonna grow through the word, we gotta chew on the word and let it, let it read us. And so I asked a question as the Holy Spirit was going there with me, why those verses now, right here in this moment, in this message? Why did Jesus talk about divorce there? Because we forget about context and we forget, because this verse has been used to beat down a lot of people through the years and that was never God's intention. So let's think about the context. Somebody say context. Why did Jesus say this and what was going on here? Well, let me just summarize this. Jesus was saying this to protect his daughters. Jesus was saying this to protect women. I want you to, again, context here. Right after, I spoke about this last week. Go and watch it if you missed it. Right after Jesus talked about sexual purity, right after he talked about looking and lusting and radically dealing with sin, he turns and talks about divorce. And if we were to move forward or read on, then he talks about keeping vows. Why? Listen to me. Because the system at that time in history easily discarded women and discard them as worthless, as objects, and definitely women at that time were secondhand in society. But I wanna just tell you, that was never God's intention for his daughters. That was never God's intention for women. And you can look in the Old Testament. Come on, we don't need just just to read the New Testament. We also need to be people who are reading the Old Testament. And you can see all through the Old Testament that God had set up a system that valued women more than any other society at that time. So what happened? 
God had set up this system. Women, you can see it all through the Old Testament. Women are involved with almost every aspect of community life. I'll just brag on a couple. Uh, There were tons of women leaders, and there were awesome, amazing women prophets. That's just two. Women doing incredible things for God and for the people of Israel all through the Old Testament. I want you to think about, come on, any any church kids, you grew up in church, any church kids in the room, come on, somebody. Like, take you back to a little Sunday school when you heard about some of the awesome women, the biblical heroes of the Old Testament. I'm not even bragging on the New Testament. Sarah, come on, Sarah. Miriam, Deborah the prophetess, Ruth and Naomi, love me some Ruth and Naomi. Hannah, who dedicated Samuel to the Lord, the gift God gave her. And one of my favorites, Esther, a young woman who possibly was 19 and God used her as queen to save the entire nation of Israel. So don't tell me that God doesn't use women back. He always set it up to use women for his glory, to be his vessels. I want you to listen to the words of Malachi, the final book in the Old Testament before we move into the new. Listen to the, listen to the language of a protective heavenly father right here on the screen. He says, for I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart, do not be unfaithful to your wife. That's Malachi. In the Bible, we can see that after Malachi, there was 400 years, biblical history, 400 years of silence before Jesus is born, before later Matthew is written and documented. 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? In the Jewish culture, what had happened in that 400 years, instead of pressing into God, boy, this is a lesson for all of us in the room, just because God is quiet doesn't mean you need to distance yourself from him. There are times that God is quiet. That's when you want to press into him. But what does the Jewish culture, what does Israel do? There's silence going on, no prophecies, nothing. It's like, where is God? Where's the Messiah? And so they back away from God. And what happens is they back away from God. Uh, In the children of Israel, women are devolved and degraded, degraded over centuries to what today would be almost like modern day Afghanistan. Let Let me give you some examples. Because this is, what, this is who and what Jesus, he was talking, he was addressing this culture. Women couldn't testify in court. They used to be able to, couldn't do it anymore. Women couldn't talk to men in public. Ridiculous. If a woman was called unveiled, worshiping or whatever else in public or shopping or whatever, it was immediate grounds for divorce. Most women in Jesus's day who he was talking to were illiterate. They could not read. Men could. Women weren't taught the Bible. Men were. I'm just giving you the culture of that day, how it had changed from the Old Testament. Women's roles were very simple. Marriage, cooking, cleaning, and having babies, and that's it. Nothing wrong with all that, but let me just tell you, God has more for you than just that. So that's, that's where they were boxed into. Husbands could have all kind of wives, but a woman could not. Polygamy was legal, legal for men, but not for women. So what does that mean? A wife had to share their husband with other wives. The husband could divorce his wife for any kind of crazy, stupid reasons. Uh, But again, women couldn't divorce their husbands. So if a man didn't think his wife was attractive anymore, he would leave her and divorce her. 
If she, I'm giving you just a picture of the culture that Jesus was addressing, more context. So we don't hear about this a lot. If Jesus, if, excuse me, if a, if a wife said something upsetting to her husband, he'd leave her. If she'd been sick a lot, fighting some kind of physical thing for a long time, he'd leave her. If things weren't going well sexually between husband and wife, he would just marry a different woman and leave her. All the husband had to do was get out some piece of paper, a certificate that Jesus was just addressing, and say the words out loud, I divorced thee, I divorced thee, I divorced thee, three times. And it was done. Wife kicked to the curb, homeless, broken, begging. And that church is what Jesus was addressing the culture in this time. In first century Israel, there was no, listen to me, this is very important, there was no people group more oppressed than women and that was exactly the culture and the spirit that Jesus was addressing that day when he said this. So let me, let me just pause for a moment, real quick, on this beautiful day where we honor our mothers. This is not a message about divorce today. You're like, really, you could have fooled me, you keep talking about it, so, but, but stay with me, stay with me. I wanna say something to the brothers real quick. Because I realize to men, I know that women have also unfairly divorced their husbands. And I wanna also say this, divorce is not some unforgivable, unpardonable sin. You can be forgiven for divorce, just like you can be forgiven of any sin. And I know, listen, I'm so thankful that we serve the God, hello, of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. He's the God that whose mercy never runs out new every morning. And I also know this, without knowing all the stories, because there's too big a crowd and too big a crowd online, without knowing all your stories, I know that we did a lot of things in the past before Jesus, BC. I don't know your story, but I will say this, because I love you as your pastor. If you're having marriage issues today, we have a beautiful, awesome marriage ministry in this campus and at all of our Victory campuses. because listen, if you're struggling today, it's okay. We all struggle at times in our marriages and God can heal us from anything, amen? And I wanna encourage you, quit trying to do that thing alone. Lisa and I have sought marriage counseling twice in our 27 years. I'm always asking men that are older than me so I can learn how to better serve her. I'm telling you, we can always learn, we can always grow, we can get stronger, we can get healed if we don't give up. So let me say this to all the married couples, don't give up on each other. Don't give up on each other. As your pastors, I want to tell you, as honored as we are to be your pastors, I want to tell you, I want to see you guys thriving in your marriage, moving from surviving to thriving, amen? Don't give each other. God can and will bring complete healing and reconciliation. There's too many stories I do know in this room that God has done it. When people gave up on you, God didn't. And you are who you are today because of God, amen? God can reconcile and restore anything. That's the God we serve. But this is not a message on divorce. What I want you to hear today, because we couldn't skip the scripture, what I want you to hear today on this very special day where we honor all the moms, is that our heavenly father, listen to me ladies, he loves you big time. He's got some super crazy love for his daughters. Every woman in this room, no matter how young or old you are, whatever age or stage of life you're in, he loves, the heavenly father loves his daughters. 
daughters. We can see it all through scripture. Jesus treated women completely different than all of society did. And he did that as an example for us. God loves, the father loves, protects, and values women. Amen? So I wanna give some encouragement to our ladies today. Now, this is a message to all of us, and I believe anytime you hear the word, even if someone is addressing the sisters in the room, you can bank on the truth that God's saying. So it can apply to all your lives. But I am gonna speak some things to our ladies today. So ladies, lean in. Let me say this to all of us real quick. You will not find, I promise you, you will not find a passage of scripture in the Bible where Jesus is irritated by a woman's presence, where he talks down to a woman in condensation. condescension. You won't, you won't find that. Or where, where he regards her questions as not important or less important than the male disciples. Absolutely not. You won't find that. You won't find a scripture where he makes the woman a butt of a, dro- a joke excuse me, or some object of scorn. I want you to think about I'm I'm a thinker. Sometimes I think too much, but I'm a thinker. I don't want you just to hear this. I want you to think about all the beautifully documented stories, or I like to call the word encounters of Jesus and women in the gospels. Let me just throw a few at you so to kind of get your brain going of how Jesus treated women in comparison to everybody else. Think about the Samaritan woman at the well. Do you know that you'd never talk to a Samaritan? It was total racism. The Jews and the Samaritans hate each other. Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, walked right up to her. We'll end on her story in a moment. Think about the woman who was brought before Jesus. You remember the story? The woman who was brought before Jesus to be stoned. Think about her. She was probably thinking, I'm gonna die any minute. Life changed in a moment with Jesus. Think about Mary Magdalene, who we think is Mary Magdalene, the woman who busts into Simon's house. She's lived a horrible, sinful life. She falls at the feet of Jesus, and she is literally washing Jesus' feet and putting fine oil and fragrance on them and along with her tears. And think about how Jesus treated her in comparison to what Simon said about her. I'm telling you, And remember this, what Jesus said, what she did here will be remembered forever. Jesus valued, listen to me, ladies and everybody, Jesus valued women as people, even though women at that time were seen as objects. Jesus treated women with honor and dignity, even though in society they were constantly disrespected and looked down on us. Now, I'm curious, uh, any, any men in the room? Come on, fellas. You, in the, any men in the room? Hello, men. All right, about 20 in a 500-set room is packed. Any men in the room? Hello. Somebody's like, I don't know what he's gonna do, so I'm gonna stay quiet right now. <laughs> now I got a week of cleaning the house and everything else. <laughs> fellas, I just gotta say this. Listen to me from the front to the back. Online, Jesus modeled for us as men how we should treat and love our sisters. Let me say it to you like this. Wherever the gospel is most embraced, women are most empowered. Wherever the gospel is most embraced, women are most empowered. We are an empowered people through the Holy Spirit, not a defeated people. 
We are a victorious people. And ladies, I just wanna brag on you that you're in a church, you're in a place that wants to see you become all that God has called you to be. I want us to pause all of us in the room for a moment. I want you to think about, I wanna throw a question at you, just make you think this morning. Where would we be today? I know, I know about me, but where would we be today without the godly women in our lives? Where would we be today? Maybe, maybe you didn't have a Christian mom, but there, I guarantee you, God brought some women in your life, probably right when you needed them to help you along the way. Where would we be today without the nurturing Lisa was talking about, the guidance and the prayers? Where would we be today? I know where I'd be dead. I wouldn't be here today, I know that. Come on, anybody like you just have that praying grandmama, she just always praying, or that praying mama, hello. Thank God for a praying woman. Thank God for praying grandma. Praying mama. Used to drive me crazy. I think I may have shared this before or maybe with a group of people, but uh, when I was running from God, we lived in an older home. They still lived there. And I would hear my mama's prayers through the air conditioner vent system. I think the Lord would amplify it when I was in the room laying there. It's like, and she'd be crying out heaven for me, her boy, when I was running from God. Thank you, mamas. Thank you, ladies, for your prayers. How about the people, the women that God brought in your life, that pastor, that, that mentor, that leader, that spiritual coach, just that friend, ladies, that could encourage you, walk with you through a very difficult time in your life. Can we just, just for a moment, can we just take a moment and just thank God for the godly women he has brought into our lives to encourage us and help us be all that God has called us to be. Thank you. Thank you. And make that applause become a phone call this afternoon and a text to that teacher, that leader, that neighbor, that friend, that pastor, whoever. Make that applause something physical later today, amen? I wanna take a, a moment, just a few moments here and encourage my sisters today, all of our sisters in the room and those who are watching online. And I really wanna encourage you to take notes as we bring this to a culmination. I wanna give you some, some really good news, ladies. Come on, you get hit with a lot of bad news. I wanna give you some good news today. Three things, I could give you 10, I'll just give you three things real quick, all right? Y'all ready? Good news number one, the curse is broken off your life, sisters. The curse is broken off your life. And there may be some that are clapping like, what curse is he talking about? Well, and I say that because we have a lot of new believers in the house, and I love it. We're seeing people get saved each and every week. There was a curse that was put on Satan, first Adam, and then Eve, back in the fall in the garden, okay? And in Genesis 3, you can go there and read it later, Genesis 3 tells us that God cursed Eve. I know it hurt his heart as a father, but he cursed Eve due to her disobedience, sin, and actually it was a threefold curse. Number one, it was painful childbirth. Number two, a willful desire that would be put in her, a willful desire to control men. And then number three, that men would rule, but that word there is to dominate women. That was a trifold curse that he placed on the woman. 
And remember this, church, listen to me, 11 a.m. Before the fall, there was a beautiful unity between Adam and Eve. Beautiful. They walked hand in hand. They weren't competing. They weren't always angry at each other. There was a beautiful harmony and unity between Adam and Eve. But now because of sin and the fall, there's this constant battle for control, constant bickering, constant fighting. That's what was coming out of the curse. Look, let me just say this to you. If you've ever wondered why the world is such a mess when it comes to men and women dynamics, it's because of the curse back in the garden. It's because of what took place in the garden. But I've got some big news. I got a big but, amen? Not me, but but the word, all right? I got nothing back here, honestly. But, but listen, I was gonna say this to you. A big but is this, but Jesus shows up on the scene and he was crucified for us and he took the curse on himself and he broke it off us. He broke the curse off us once and for all. Let me give you some biblical backing. Look at it together right here. Galatians, read the book of Galatians. Look what Jesus did, uh, how he fulfilled the law. But just right here, just one verse, Galatians 3, 13. For Christ, but Christ, somebody say, but Christ. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on that cross, he took upon himself the curse for our, my wrongdoing. For it is, look at this right here, written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Jesus broke the curse when he took the curse upon himself. Amen? So listen to me, it's very important. So no longer do we view our sisters, no longer do we view women, right here on the screen, no longer do we view women through the lens of the curse, but now we view our sisters through the lens of the cross, through Jesus. We look at ladies through the filter of Jesus and what he did on the cross. We don't view women through the lens of the curse. Curse broken, Jesus, cross done. So ladies, listen to me. No longer do you have to try to manipulate and control things. Others, your husband, you don't have to go there. The curse has been broken. No longer, ladies, listen to me, but this is relevant to all of us in the room. No longer do you have to strive to be seen or be recognized or do something that makes you feel successful. No longer do you have to strive. You can walk and rest in peace because you're a daughter of the king. It's not based on what you do. It's based on who you are and whose you are. You don't have to strive. At the same time, no longer are you to be treated inferior, secondhand, disrespected, and ruled or dominated over. You have been delivered from all that junk by Jesus and what he did on the cross, amen? But listen, here, here's what we gotta recognize when you walk out these doors today. We are still living in a world, come on, we're in the world, but we're not of it. So we're still living in this world, this fallen, broken world, right? We're living in the world that is still living under the curse, but I wanna say this, not in here and not out there, wherever you walk, wherever Jesus is Lord, ladies, you are not under the curse any longer. 
in Jesus' name. Wherever you walk, wherever you go, because you're a daughter of the king and because he's Lord of your life, that area has been redeemed. Though the world is evil and broken and waiting for the return of Christ, you live in a world, your world, your world, as a daughter, that the curse no longer has control in your life. Good news number two. The first one is it broke, the curse is broken off your life. Good news number two, your value, now stay with me, your value is based on your image. Someone's like, what you talking about, Pastor Chris? Not my image, not my looks, but my heart. I know, stay with me. Let me explain before you get ready to write me an email. <laughs> Listen, sisters, you gotta hear this, please. Hear this from your brother. Your value is not based, please hear some of these things. Some people, every woman needs to really lean into this. Your value is not based on how many kids you have or don't have. Your value is not based on how you look or how much money you make or how successful you are. Your value is not based on any of those things. Your value, your worth, somebody say worth. Your value, your worth is based on the fact that you were made in your father's image. You were made in your father's image. So ladies, listen to me. From the back to the front, oh, I'm sure, I wish I could just look at every eye here. Ladies, let me just say this to you. You look like your daddy. You look like your daddy. You look like your papa. You were made in his image. I know we hear a lot about men, and rightfully so, but the equality and the balance of that is, ladies, you are not inferior. You too were made in the image of Papa. Same Papa. Same Father. Look right here. Let me give you some biblical backing to this. So God created mankind, come on, say with me, in his in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Look at this, male and female, he created them. Mankind, male and female, we look like our papa, we look like our daddy. Remember when you were, maybe, maybe you didn't do this, maybe you did, remember you're in the playground and you're like, my daddy could beat up your daddy. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> We got the best dad of all, our heavenly father. And listen to me, ladies. This is what God says over you. Oh, I hope you're really getting this. This is what the father's saying. I made you daughter in my image. I made you in my image. And can I tell you, ladies, that is royalty language. Ladies, you come from divine Royalty. I don't know what you think about yourself. I'm reminding you what God says about you. I'm telling you, you come, sisters, you come from divine royalty. You know, there's a lot of women right now, and maybe some guys, but I don't know any, but there's a lot of women who are freaking out because we got a new king, British royalty, become king. Oh, they're watching it all. Oh, look, oh, look how pretty. Oh. I was like, Really? But can I just remind the ladies in the room, ladies, don't forget, you were made in the image of the king of all kings, all kings. Charles don't got nothing on Jesus. God bless you, Charles, but. (laughs) 
<laughs> we gotta recognize this. We gotta recognize this, sisters. Since God created, listen to me, since God created you in his image, you already have intrinsic worth. Because you were made in his image, you already are worthy. You don't have to do anything. You've already got it. Boy, I'm coming against the spirit of the world right now because everything I'm saying is against the culture of the world. You don't have to do anything, sisters, to attain worth. Hear what I'm saying. You don't have to do anything to attain worth. You are more, I mean, just gosh, I can't even think of the right words. You are worth more than all the gold in the world. Why? Because of who you are and whose you are. Not anything you've done, all that he did and gave to us and gave to you, my sisters. And I feel like I need to say this, that Sisters, please hear my heart on this, this truth. You are valuable whether you have a man in your arms or not. You are worth, you are valuable. You are worth gold, more than gold. Whether you have a man or not. Why? because you are loved by the man. Because you are loved by your father, you were made in his image, and listen, you were bought by the precious blood of his son. Amen? So you are not inferior because at this time in your life, there's no man. Young ladies, please hear me. I had the huge honor to speak to all the young people on Wednesday night. It was, I was blown away. We have some incredible students. In our youth ministry, they're doing a great job along with our children. But I'm just thinking about this. Young ladies, if you're in the room, single young ladies, you don't have to have a man in your arms to bring you worth and value. He'll bring you the man, but if you're always looking for the man to bring you that, you're missing the man who's right in front of you that will give you everything you need. Everything you need, amen? Right here, charm. Charm is deceptive. And beauty is fleeting. Come on, all the sisters, read it with me. But a woman who fears the Lord. Oh, you sound so good. But a woman who fears the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You have worth because you are a daughter of of the king, infinitely more than any external beauty. Because we all know this, like the beauty, and that's a nice way to put it, right? It is fleeing. It's like, God, what happened? You know, as we get older. You get out of the bed one day, like, oh. Used to jump out, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I remember the first time it hit me, I'm just, every day I just get out of bed. Lisa's like, she's like, you're like the inner job. I just like, like, just go. Now I'm like, ooh, gonna move slow. Before I pull something, I pulled a hammy preaching to the young people on Wednesday night. So I am not the young man I used to be. But let me just say this to you. As the beauty, as we get older, 
What is most important and what is important to God is a woman who loves God. Come on, guys, and I think you can vouch for that. And ladies, please hear this. this please hear this truth right here, right on the screen. What may catch a man's eye is the outside, but will catch his heart is the inside. Oh, you catch it with your eye, but it's just a look, just a moment. But what will catch his heart is your heart, ladies, on fire for Jesus. As the years wear on, the external in all of us changes. Hello, it's a nice way to say it. But a heart that loves Jesus. And listen to this, and a heart that is secure in Jesus never fades. I'm gonna say it one more time before I move to the final point. Ladies, number three, number two is this, your value and your worth is found in your daddy, your heavenly father. Y'all still with me? Final one, number three. God created you. So number one, the curse is broken off your life. Number two, your value is based on your image. Number three, God created you. Come on, say it with me, four. We close in looking at the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Remember? She's there getting water. I remind you of the context She's there getting water in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, the hottest part of the day. Why is she doing this? Most people would get there early. We go to work. If you work outside, you want to get out as early as you can because the hotter it gets throughout the day. She's in the middle of the day getting water. Why? Because she's a town reject. She's been married five times already, and the man she's living with is not even her husband. There's been a lot of hurt that's affected a lot of people, and I can only imagine the gossip train in that town, that village. And so... I used to think, looking at this story, and it's a beautiful story, I encourage you to go there, it's documented twice in the Gospels. I used to think that Jesus was pointing out her sin, and he did, but that was not the main thing that was happening there. Remember this, women could not divorce men. Men divorced women at that time. So what is Jesus saying to her in this beautiful conversation? And we only get a highlight reel. One day we'll get to hear how it all went down because we'll meet her face to face. And she'll tell me, oh, let me tell you about that conversation. John only said a few things. <laughs> like any woman, like, you know, how was your day? It was good. How was your day, honey? I'm almost scared to ask it. What was Jesus saying to her? He said, I know the five men have thrown you away like trash. And the man with you right now, he won't even marry you. You know what he was saying? I understand you've been rejected by men, but Jesus is saying, but not by me. And listen, church, oh my goodness, I just want to know what really happened. We only get the highlight reel. But after experiencing the love of Jesus, this former outcast runs back into the village that was bashing her, that was making fun of her, that was hurting her, and she goes and tells everybody about this Jesus. Yeshua, Yeshua is here, the Messiah, he's here. And the Bible says that the whole village comes out and revival hits that village. Chris Frith translation. Like revival just explodes in that village. Why? Because the faith of one woman. And 
her bold witness for Jesus. I mean, can you imagine the town folk? If we were all the town right here and the lady came from the hill down from the well and we're like, oh, because we do this, don't we? We see someone we don't like. Oh, uh, look at this. I, I just think I want to buy this right now. I want, what is, oh, here she comes. Oh, 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 and she, oh, let me get my phone out. That's a big phone. But uh, let me just come. <laughs> Hello. Just being real. I like we don't see him. So it had to be like, oh, oh, not her, not her. And she comes, Yeshua, Yeshua, the Messiah. And the, I guarantee you half the crowd went out there just because of curiosity. They didn't even know who they were about to meet. But the whole town, the whole village has changed forever. I'm here today to tell you it doesn't matter what has happened in your past. God has greatness in your future. Sisters, I know the past can be loud from the liar and he can remind us all, sons and daughters, of all our mistakes and failures. But can I just tell you, he only does that because he's scared of you. He's scared of you realizing who you really are. Sisters, you were made for something great. God put gifting in you. He put greatness in you. He put talents in you, all in you. And there's only one of you and we need you desperately to step out of that box and be who all God's called you to be. And whether that's to write a book maybe one day or that's to start a business or lead here in the church and out in the world or maybe you just wanna be, hey, can I just be the best wife and mom I can be? Can I just be the best me that I can be? I say yes to all that and do it all for the glory of Jesus. Do it all for the glory of Jesus. And ladies, fellas, you can take everything I'm saying, so do not plug your ears. Ladies, I'm just saying this. Whatever God dream he put in your heart, if it is a God dream, he gave you the dream for a reason. Now, why do I say that? Because a lot of times there's man ideas and then there's God dreams. And if he gave you the God dream in his beautiful timing, it will come to pass. It will take work and a lot of prayer, but it will come to pass. Don't give up on that. Be who God's called you to be. Here at Victory, your church, we wanna see for our sisters, God's greatness be emancipated in your life. So ladies, hear me, please, in these last few minutes, don't sleep on the greatness of God in your life. Don't sleep on it. We got one life. We just had a church member walked out of his office to go meet his wife on Thursday, a good friend of mine, and he never made it out of his office. He had a severe heart attack and died right there. I'm doing the funeral on Friday which will be a celebration of 51 years. You don't know. Don't sleep on the greatness of God in your life. We are not promised tomorrow. Quit settling. God has greatness for you. He has more for you, sisters. You have one life. And don't you dare, listen to you, I'm talking to you as your pastor and your big brother, don't you dare let the enemy keep you stuck down in your failures. That's not who you are. That's your past. Your, when's the last time our past ever defined us of anything? By the way, your victories don't define you and neither do your failures. Jesus is the one who defines us. Our identity is in him. Again, it needs to be said and stressed, hell is just scared of us. And specifically, my sisters, hell's just scared of you. So he's gonna try to keep you boxed in. He's scared of you being unleashed in this world for the kingdom of God. 
Because ladies, whether you believe it or not, I'm telling and declaring over you, you are a world changer. Your world, your sphere of influence, that's your world. You are a world changer. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Paul said this to Timothy, one of my young heroes. Can't imagine being almost 19, 20 years old and being a pastor of a mega church. Didn't even know what he was doing. And Paul says this, look right here. First and second Timothy are letters, not books. And he was constantly encouraging Timothy. He says this, I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Listen to me, one of the greatest leaders in the early church, Timothy, was who he was because of women in his life. Ladies, you have no idea how much influence you have. The greatness of God coming out in the way you live your life. It made made a mark on me. Women in my life, starting with my mom, my wife, and other mentors in my life, pastors in my life, leaders in my life, friends in my life, females that made a God mark on my life that made me a better person, that helped us along the way. Thank you, Lord, for bringing godly women into our lives. I look at my bride, my best friend, and if you know us at all, we are two very different people. There was a famous book in the 70s, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. That was our life story. We are so different. But I'll just tell you, there are many things that Lisa is better at than me. And I'm just like, I step out of the way, so go get them, baby girl. Go get them. God speaks to Lisa. I could brag on every woman here by the grace of God, but God speaks to Lisa through dreams. She moves very strongly in the prophetic gift. She is amazing in one-on-one conversations. She's a phenomenal communicator. Guys, we gotta get her preaching the word more often from this platform for sure. She says things in our living room, in our bedroom, and she has said things from this, this platform. I'm like, I can't say it that way. How do you speak that way? The way she puts words, things into words that amazes me. Lisa loves the Lord. She has a beautiful relationship with Jesus. I'm a better man because of Lisa Diane Frith. And I'm saying this to my wife, and I'm saying this to every sister in this room, if you'll receive it, you have to receive it. Because I can feel the hurt in this room of what men and others have done to sisters in this room that have put you down. And I just say, let go of that. Don't hold on to it. That does not define you. Anger doesn't make you stronger. It makes you weaker. When I'm saying this over my wife and I'm saying this over every sister in this room who receive it, there is so much more for you, babe. There's so much more for every woman in this room. There's so much more. Don't settle. Ladies, God has called you to greatness. It's time to get out of the box and be who he's called you to be. Amen? And men, let me just say this, one final thought. You, we, I, we have one of the greatest responsibilities is to affirm, is to affirm all the women that are in our sphere of influence. Thanks, Lance. 
want to say that again. It is our responsibility as men to affirm all the women in our sphere of influence. Our moms, we can cheer them on even as they get older. Our wives, affirm them. Your daughters, affirm them. They're getting beat down all the time. Your niece, affirm her. The women co-workers in your life, affirm them. Be encouraging. Introduce them to Jesus from your life first and then through your mouth. Remind them that Jesus is the one who broke the curse. Jesus is the one who brings value in each daughter and who created them for greatness. Amen? That's our responsibility, brothers, to affirm our sisters. We should be their greatest cheerleaders in the church. We should. I wanna ask to do something here in this final moment. I wanna ask for every woman in this room, would you please stand? Every woman, young, old, whatever age or stage. And I wanna read a letter to you from the church. And I just want you to receive it and then us fellows will get together we're gonna speak a blessing over you. Oh, I need the letter, so (laughs) just receive this. Ladies, we thank God for you. You are incredible, and you are a gift. Today, as the men of this house, we repent for not always seeing you as that gift. We repent for the times we've overlooked you. We repent for the times that we've taken you for granted. We repent for the times that we have not honored you and served you in the way that you deserve. We repent for the times that we've made you just an object. Women, you were made to be loved, not lusted. You were made to be protected, not exploited. You were made to be cared for and not taken advantage of. You were made to be empowered and not controlled. Ladies, you are worth fighting for. You are worth walking hand in hand. You are worth covenant. You are worth a man who will lay down his life for you. To every single sister in this room, you are not discardable. You are absolutely irreplaceable. We value you. Jesus loves you and so do we. You are special and unique in the way that God made you. There's only one of you. We would be lost without you. We need you. And we need you ladies to be you. No more comparing. Be you. Be the best you that you can be. You were designed to bring and breathe new life into this dark world. Lead with compassion and nurturing that's in you with strength and wisdom and passion. Teach us how to worship. Teach us how to love people. Teach us how to have grace. Teach us how to be more like Jesus. Show us what a wholehearted life for Jesus looks like. 
And I declare over you ladies, and I want you just to receive this. We declare over you as a church, the curse is broken off your life. You're free in Jesus' name. We declare your value comes from God and God alone. You are free from all the images that the world tries to put on you. We declare God created you for greatness. You are free in Jesus' name. So today we bless you. We pray that God would set you free from the curse-fueled expectations of society. To look a certain way, to act a certain way, to talk a certain way. We rebuke anxiety and depression off every woman here in this room. And we ask God, we ask the Father to give you his shalom, his peace. We bless your children. We bless you. We bless your marriage. And we declare that your children, will, hearts will always belong to the Lord God Almighty. We pray the Holy Spirit would grace you with grace. Grace to continue parenting them well, to continue to lead well, to continue to live well. God, grace my sisters in Jesus' name. We thank you. We thank you for serving and leading and giving and sacrificing so much for us, for your family, and for this church. We are so thankful to be part of your lives on this journey. May the Lord bless you today and every day. We love you sincerely, your brothers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's all stand together. Would everybody in this room just put your hands out like you're receiving something today? Father, we thank you that you're a good, good father who continues to lavish his love and gifts and grace on us. And we just say we receive all that you have for us. Lord, in Jesus' name, starting with me and everyone in this room and those who are watching online, as we say we receive all that we have from you, God, we break off anything that man or hell or the world has tried to put on us. And we thank you, Father, that we were made in your image. The curse is no longer relevant to us. And the greatness of you is in us for the world around us. We love you, Jesus. All God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you, church. Love you guys.